Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. For the first time in the six years, and for only the second time in 19 seasons, the Golden State Warriors are back in the NBA playoffs. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Golden State will take it across the tie line, and Mark Jackson has engineered a one-year turnaround for the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry and the David Lee, Andrew Bogut, the rookie core, Horn Sounds, the Warriors in the playoffs, secure the number six seed in the Western Conference dance, and they will take on the Denver Nuggets. Last night in Portland, the Golden State Warriors accomplished exactly what they wanted to do. They secured the number six spot in the Western Conference playoffs with a win over the Trailblazers, and Steph Curry set the all-time NBA mark for most threes made in a season, now 272, capping off an outstanding year for Steph Curry, a year which saw him score 54 points at Madison Square Garden and to follow that up with 47 down in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Hi, everybody. Tim Roy inviting you to take a seat around the roundtable, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. It's our playoff preview edition. Golden State with the win last night. The Houston Rockets lost in Los Angeles, so the Rockets go to the number eight seed. The L.A. Lakers are seven, and the Golden State Warriors are six. The Warriors open up on Saturday afternoon against the Denver Nuggets at 2 o'clock with a pregame show from the Pepsi Center. And throughout the first round of the playoffs, I will be joined by Tom Tolbert. He'll be alongside for each and every Warriors playoff game and, in fact, Tom will join me and Jim Barnett to break down the uh, Denver series. That's upcoming this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Our own R.C. Davis talked with Jason Kosmicki, the voice of the Denver Nuggets, to find out how Denver is approaching this first-round matchup. Remember, the Nuggets beat the Warriors three times out of four this year, and in the only Warriors win, a three-point shot by Andre Iguodala came after the horn. Uh, that would have given Denver the victory in a four-game sweep. I'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox, Warriors VOX on the Twitter. And then Tom and Jim come back to join me one more time to break down the Western Conference playoff matchups as well as talking about is there a team that can challenge Miami in the Eastern Conference playoffs. All this hour here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, it's our playoff edition, the Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. It comes your way starting at 2 o'clock with a pregame show from the Pepsi Center. We are on KMBR 1050 in games 1 through 3 and on KMBR 680 in Game 4 at Oracle on Sunday, April 28th. You know, Warriors' individual playoff tickets for the first of two home games will go on sale this Saturday, April 20th. Secure playoff tickets before the general public by taking part of the Warriors' playoff ticket presale. Sign up at warriors.com slash playoff tickets to get your exclusive presale link and password or text PLAYOFFS to 53548. That's PLAYOFFS to 53548. When I come back, I'll be joined by Tom Tolbert and Jim Barnett. We'll break down the Warriors' Nuggets series here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. Warriors are champions of the world. They are the unbelievable champions of the world. The Cinderella's of the sports world. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. We're back game one of the playoff series between Denver and Golden State. Two o'clock the airtime on Saturday from the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. I'm Tim Roy, joined now by Tom Tolbert and Jim Barnett. And we will break down this first round Western Conference playoff matchup, the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. 
So guys, here we go. It's the uh, Warriors and the Nuggets. And uh, as one of my friends uh, tweeted me last night, uh, he said that this is sort of reeks of an ABA series. You know, we could have a 124-120 final. Uh, do you think it's going to be that high-scoring, Jim? Do you think it's going to be back and forth like that? Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring series. They're a very athletic team, Denver. Uh, I can talk about them at length how they gave the Warriors fits this year, points in the paint. They don't always just jam it down your throat in a half-court situation. They do that with fast breaks, and they put a lot of pressure on you. Tom, you've played in Denver. The Warriors are going a day and a half early before the first game. They're going to be there for about five days. Is that an advantage as opposed to just going into Denver and playing one game? Well, I plan to get there early and acclimate myself, too. I'm going to go out for a jog and get the burn. And I don't know if it makes much of a difference. I think no matter how many days you spend there, well, I shouldn't say no matter you spend a month or two there, but the first five minutes always hurt. They do. You just lungs start burning, and you're gasping a little bit for air, and then after that, it just burns off, and you're ready to play basketball. But for those that say it's mental, have never gone up to altitude and ran. There, there's got to be a reason that they had the best record in the league at home, right. 38 and three. There's gotta be a reason. Traveling from the West, it's very, very tough because you, if you've played a game the night before, anywhere in the West, you're gonna get into Denver, you're not gonna go to bed before 4 a.m. I think it's a huge factor uh, in that respect over the course of a season. But this is an advantage now for the Warriors because they can go in ahead of time and acclimate themselves. So I think it evens out. They'll still have a home court advantage, but even after the first game, you have what, two days right. in between games, three days in between games. Uh, it's, it's a long time. And so that is going to take that advantage away. Uh, there are so many factors, though, uh, with, with Denver. With the athleticism of this team, right. with Iguodala, Fareed, how's, how's the health of Fareed? Is his ankle going to be okay? Um, I, I think there's a very tough matchup when you have Kenneth Fareed going against David Lee. Because he's very quick, uh, he's tough to stop for David. Um, quick leaper. Quick leaper, and it puts a lot of pressure on him. David Lee's going to have to adjust his game a little bit also. Uh, with JaVel McGee when he gets in there, these guys can block shots. And Fareed can, can get in the way of David Lee. So he's going to have what I, what adjustments. I think he's going to have to learn how to pump fake a little bit in this series, which he does not like to do, which he doesn't do. So that's going to be a, a factor. But they're going to run and run. How, how much is Andrew Bogut going to be of a, fa a factor? Because he's really not in top shape. Can he keep up with the kind of pace? If it is going to be fast pace, can you afford to put him on the floor? Is he going to be a factor in that, negatively or positively? Danilo Gallinari is out, Tom. How much of a factor will that be in this series? Well, it hurts their depth. But because they have that depth, a guy like Wilson Chandler can come in and have a he's – been, he's been playing fantastic basketball. Shoots a three a little bit for him. They're not a big three-point shooting team, but he can stretch the court. He can drive. I, mean, I really think what it comes down to in this series is this. Both teams like to run, but when the Warriors run, they fan out. When the Nuggets run, they attack the they attack the rim. I mean, they are relentless in attacking the rim, and I think that's where Andrew Bogut will be a factor. Hopefully, for the Warriors in this series, is not so much scoring or passing, but just defending the rim because they come at you and they keep coming at you. So a lot of teams in the NBA now, when you run back on the fast break, the old adage used to be make sure you run back to the paint and then come out. Well, now it's run back halfway to the paint and then guard the three-point line, right? <laughs> With the Nuggets, you better get back to the paint. Because right. if you don't get back to the paint, someone's going to smash one on your head. Because that's how they play basketball. So it's going to be can the Nuggets locate shooters on the break? 
can the Warriors get back in the paint and keep them from getting to the rim on the break? And when it goes to a half court, that's where I think Andrew Bogut can be very effective because Ty Lawson hurt his club with his dribble penetration, mm -hmm. and he can change that. Well, you brought me to the point guard matchup, which I wanted to ask you guys about because to me, it's, it's uh, usually you talk about the starters, but to me it's a four-deep matchup. It's Ty Lawson and Andre Miller, two mm -hmm. totally different players against Jarrett Jack and Steph Curry. How do you guys see the matchup? Well, with Andre Miller, he's just crafty is the word I would use. I mean, he's been around forever. I think I might have played against him. I'm not sure. I don't think you played against him, but he's been around a long time. You have played against him. I don't know him. if he can touch the rim. He may be one of the only NBA guys that can't dunk or maybe he hasn't so. dunked. You know where he scares me? Posting up. He scares me posting up because when he gets the ball down there, he takes guys that are even taller than, and bigger than him, certainly bigger than Steph Curry. And Jerry Jack's tough and he'll battle him down there, but he's still not going to be afraid of posting him up. He can score and he can pass out of that double team if you bring a double team down there. So that scares me a little bit. Certainly the speed of Ty Lawson. But then again, I mean, you have, if you're the Nuggets, you have Steph Curry and Jarrett Jack to contend with. I mean, you have a guy, I, I think one of the lineups that Mark Jackson has really uh, kind of used this year when he's really needed something to happen offensively is Landry and Lee. And then you have Clay and Steph and Jarrett Jack out there. So what are they going to do when Jarrett runs the offense yeah. and Clay and Steph are running off picks and, and right. spacing out? It, it could come down to those four guys and who doesn't turn the ball over, who converts their chances, who makes their free throws, that kind of stuff. Andre Miller wants to play a couple more years until he's 40 years old, and he will do it. Crazy. And one yeah. thing about it when he gets on the post, Tom, he can juke you and pump fake you, and mm -hmm. he knows how to get himself to the free throw line. Yeah. And he's a good free throw shooter. All that, getting about that high off the ground. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's clever. Incredible. He's clever. And he, he plays, and he's a terrific passer, and he mm -hmm. will throw, he will throw, there's nobody better throwing from the back court to the front court over the top yeah. of the defenders right. on a guy that's streaking to the basket. But when you get Steph Curry and you get Clay Thompson, and you get out into the open court, they can score threes. When Denver gets out into the open court, they're going to go to the basket and get twos. So are the Warriors' three-point shooters going to be a factor? To me, it comes down to field goal percentage. And if you get scoring from Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, the way they've been doing it, you know, uh, they've been combining for sometimes... 50, 60 points in games. Right. If you can do that, and they can both be in the 20s, and one of them, Curry, can be the, uh, the X factor in that, get to the 30s, and then you have Jarrett Jack, I think they can outscore the backcourt. I think the Warriors' backcourt is more prolific scoring than the Denver backcourt. So with that in mind, you know, the Warriors are a great shooting team. To me, one of the factors I believe is going to be uh, huge in the series, turnovers. Because every time the Warriors have a sloppy pass, mm -hmm. not only do they take a chance away from their fine shooters to score, but it gets Denver fueled and off to the race as they go. I, I, turnovers are, I, I feel like I, I'm redundant when I say turnovers are, they're always, they're always a factor, right? Right. There are certain teams you just can't turn the ball over against. Miami's the one that always jumps to mind. You turn the right. ball over against them, it's death. <laughs> I mean, you just can't stop them in the open court. Denver is, a, is very similar. They don't have the guys like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James that are just killer finishers. But when you turn the ball over, you watch those guys run, I mean, there's Brewer running up the court. There's Iguodala running up the court. There's Fareed running up the court. Who doesn't score much in the half court, but he can get up and go. JaVale McGee for a big guy can run. So you get the ball into Andre Miller's hands or Ty Lawson's hands off that turnover. Boom. And another thing, too, they have a bunch of guys they can handle. So you turn it over. They don't necessarily have to find the point guard. They can just get it and go, and everybody starts running with them. 
yeah, turnovers will be key because these guys will feast off turnovers. Yeah, you, and, and when you turn the ball over, you make average players really good players. Mm -hmm. Corey Brewer. Yeah. Corey Brewer can get the ball and go and score layups yeah. if you turn the ball over. And, and there, he's another player. I'm talking about someone that you don't really think about that can change a game. And he can certainly do that. You know, you have to look at the Warriors. They won one game out of the four. And the one they won, they could have lost had Iguodala made the three in time. Right. So you've got to look at all that. You've got to be a better rebounding team. You've got to re defend the rim. Bogut was not a factor in any of these games, mm -hmm. not playing. So it's going to be a terrific series. Um, and I believe this is a series that could go seven games, by the way. Mm-hmm. So... I can, very, I can very easily see us on a plane going back to Denver with a series tied 2-2, and that's best of three. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, Tim. So, Tom, how do the Warriors beat the Nuggets? Well, limit the turnovers. Mm -hmm. uh, hit your threes. I mean, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are going to have to hit threes. There's just no way around that. That's right. the way this team is built. That's who they rely on to score. Uh, David Lee. I mean, the big three guys are going to have to do what they did during the course of the season. Right. They're going to have to be uh, present and accounted for. And consistent consistent through some right. games. You, you can't afford to have, uh, you know, Clay Thompson go 2 of 16. Yeah. And, right. and, and in Steph Curry, one game go 3 of 12. He's, they've got to both be factors in, in, in the games. Uh, someone's going to pick up the, the slack here and there, but they've got to be more consistent. Both of you guys played in playoff competition, so I want to ask you this question. For the Warriors, this is going to be a first time. I mean, Steph Curry, David Lee, the rookies. All these guys are playing in the playoffs for the first time. Mark Jackson's coaching in the playoffs for the first time. Denver has guys that have been there before numerous times. they got George Carl. How much of a factor is that? Is there What kind of a learning curve do you go through playing in the playoffs? You uh, go on a fast learning curve, and that is an advantage. It's an advantage with George Carl. He's taken Seattle to the finals. Well, uh, he's been in nearly 200 playoff games in his coaching career. And for players, having been there, just knowing what it's about, knowing what it takes, that extra bit of focus, the extra bit of concentration, knowing how valuable each and every possession is, and now we talk about turnovers, right. good shots, good basketball decisions, all the little things that can make a difference in four, five, six points in a game, and that, that can change the tide. It's, it's very valuable. Well, Tim, in my vast playoff experiences, <laughs> <laughs> I tell people this. It's the same game, but it's a completely different game because you're hyper-focused on everything. And as Jim mentioned, you're talking about four, five, six points, sometimes even less that can separate you from a victory in a game and a victory in a series. It's just one of those things that you need to be mentally into every single possession. If you're going to play a pick-and-roll one way, you better play that pick and roll the same way and know exactly what you're supposed to do. You better know what your rotations are offensively. If you're the secondary option, you better be in the right spot every single time. You can't lose possessions in the playoffs. You know, Throughout the regular season, those things come and go and they get lost right. here and there. But during the playoffs, if you get lost or you don't play something the right way a few times and that decides a game, that could ultimately decide the series. Right. So none of this my bad stuff, you know, none of that. <laughs> well, it'll yeah. still be there. Yeah. But uh, sometimes the, uh, your teammates aren't quite as forgiving <laughs> as they would be on January 5th. <laughs> it's got to be minimal. It, it yeah. really is. There's a small margin of error there. And it just, in the playoffs, every mistake. And I've always said there's a play in basketball is there, and then it's, it's gone. If you don't take advantage of that. And that's what the Warriors, they have to be smart. And they've got to be smart with their offense because they do have to score.
Well, the Warriors have taken advantage of their season. They've taken advantage of the talent that they have on the roster. And now we see if they can do that in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's why you play the game. That is Jim Barnett along with Tom Tobert. They'll join me later on in the show to break down the rest of the Western Conference playoff matchups as well as a look at who could challenge the Miami Heat in the East. Hey, the Warriors are offering summer basketball camp sessions for boys and girls ages 7 through 15 at several locations throughout the Bay Area. It includes the Warriors' practice practice facility in downtown Oakland. Each session also includes two tickets to a 2013-2014 Warriors home game. Online registration is available at warriors.com slash camps. When we come back, Warriors radio master R.C. Davis talks with Jason Kosmicki, the voice of the Denver Nuggets here on KBR 680, the sports leader. <laughs> Drives over green, up again! Sleeping Floyd scores again! Sleeping Floyd is Superman! Golden State Warriors Playoff Basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. In the corner, Lawson three! It's blocked! Loose ball passed out to Hill! He's got six seconds left in Gallinari to beat! His three-pointer ties it! West, back to Hill! Head fake, and the three! Missed it out the horn! And the four-game road losing streak for the Nuggets is over! R.C. Davis on Warriors Radio for Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Here with Jason Kosmicki, the longtime voice of the Denver Nuggets. Jason, how you doing? Good. How you doing, R.C.? Well, here we are. The Nuggets won three of the four meetings, all of which were back in November. Both teams have changed a lot since then. What do you kind of see this matchup? What was your first thinking when you saw the Warriors would face the Nuggets? Well, to be honest with you, I was rooting uh, for a Nuggets-Rockets matchup. <laughs> um, Warriors scare me a little bit. Denver has struggled at times against uh, good shooting basketball teams. And, you know, you guys are you guys are a terrific shooting basketball team with, you know, Curry and, and Thompson. I mean, um, that worries me a little bit, uh, actually a lot, to be honest with you. But I guess the one thing that, that I just keep going back to, and, and the Nuggets have been on the short side of this stick for years, for the past few years, is that Denver has home court advantage. And it's hard for me to see any team, not just the Golden State Warriors, but any team coming into Denver and winning two games um, in Denver where they've only lost three games. But um, I'd have been a little bit more comfortable with the Rockets, but now you get the Warriors, so I guess we'll throw the ball up there and see what happens. You mentioned that home court advantage, so I started doing my research last night, you know, talking points, this and that. Three losses in the Mile High City. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been uh, – it's been unbelievable. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And on, on top of that, right now they're on a current home winning streak. I think they've won 23 straight games at home. So they are extremely confident uh, at Pepsi Center, and that's why that home court advantage for Denver was such a huge thing this year. I, I wasn't sure they were going to get the three seed. They had to play tough down the stretch. I think they won five or six out of the last seven in order to get it, but um, home court is everything for the Nuggets. Now, obviously, that'll go away if they get to the second round, but that's a huge advantage for Denver in the first round. How big of a loss is Gallo for you guys? You know, here's the thing, R.C., is that it's it's more about depth than it is about the player. I mean, you know, the Nuggets don't have a you know a bona fide superstar. They, they do it with speed and depth. And even though you can plug in Wilson Chandler or Evan Fournier into the starting lineup, and it, you know, on the outskirts, it kind of doesn't really see that make that much of a difference. I mean, their numbers have been better actually since Gallo's been out. 
But what it hurts you is now instead of bringing Wilson Chandler off the bench, and, you know, he loves playing with Andre Miller, JaVel McGee, and Corey Brewer, you know, that bench squad has been great for him all year. Now you plug him in the starting lineup, and this means that a guy towards the end of the bench like Anthony Randolph picks up Wilson Chandler's former bench minutes. So it's more about depth than it is about talent. And, you know, Denver relies on their depth, so it's definitely going to be a factor. Yeah, I could see Anthony Randolph being a little motivated in this series. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good dude, man. He uh, he didn't play all year long, and you know he he never went to the dark side, as George Carl would say. Right. Um, he kept he kept the positive attitude, and and you know his his basketball IQ isn't quite there. He's the ultimate tease. He's kind of got a Lamar Odom body. He's even left-handed. He's extremely athletic, but you know when it comes to playoff time. The coaches want to put players out on the floor in which they have trust in and, and that aren't going to hurt you with mistakes. And, you know, right now Anthony Randolph is kind of borderline on, on, that, on, that, on that place because he'll make some really good plays for you, but then he'll make a couple of bonehead plays for you that kind of stick out a little bit more. So I mean, he's a young, terrific kid. He's very well-spoken. You, you root for the guy. But, you know, like a lot of guys in today's NBA – you know, the light switch just hasn't clicked yet. And, you know, I, I think it will eventually. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of a concern. When you, when, you, when you put him on the floor, you'd rather have Gallinari and Chandler versus Chandler and Anthony Randolph. Um, but, you know, you gotta, you got to go with the guys that you have. You brought up the fact that Randolph is a tease. Another guy I've labeled as a tease over the years has been JaVel McGee. He's had a very solid year there in Denver. Yeah, and, you know, I think he's finally, you know, in, in the right situation. You know, he's got – he's bought into the team aspect of things. I mean, he was buried with the Wizards forever, and, you know, it's really hard playing with, with a team that's never going to go anywhere or that, that wouldn't when he was there. And uh, he's got – you know, with all due respect to whoever the Washington Wizards coaching staff was at the time, I, you know, he's got really good coaching guys. He's got great developmental guys. And the, and the dudes love him. I mean, he's an interesting, interesting cat. Uh, and he, they, they love him in the locker room. And, and you know, and, and as long as he plays within himself, as long as he does the things that he can do and, and not try and do more than that, he's going to be terrific for Denver. And, and he was big in, in, in the Lakers series last year for Denver, and I expect him to step up just as much this season, uh, you know, in the playoffs again. And George Carl plays Costa Kufus a lot, a lot of times with him. Is the center position for Denver kind of a two-headed monster? Well, I mean, you, you have two entirely different players there, which kind of you know throws teams off. You know, Javel McGee is the most talented center on the on this team, no question about it. But what you have in Costa Kufus is an ex- he's a rock, and, and if you look at the plus-minus system on the Denver Nuggets, Costa Kufus leads that. Um, by far and away over any other player on the team, anybody. I mean, he understands the way George wants to play. George wants those big guys to kind of get out of the way and let the ball handers try and find the gaps and play underneath the defense. And Kosa Kufus understands exactly what George wants. Uh, he's not going to give you a lot of dunks. He's not flashy, but he's a rock. You know, he's, he's not going to make mistakes. He won't burn you. By, by playing poorly or, or missing defensive concepts. He understands how George wants to play, and that's why he's been in the starting lineup all year. Moskov seems like a pretty solid player. Is he just kind of lost in the numbers game there, lost in the shuffle just because of the two guys in front of him? Yeah, and on, on top of that, he uh, broke his thumb in the final uh, regular season game. So, you know, he's, he's a great security blanket, though. I mean, he, 
you know, a lot a lot of teams when you get down to the eleventh and twelfth guy, you're like, uh oh, I gotta put this cat in. But, you know, let's not forget this guy started for the New York Knicks before the trade. And uh they really like him. I mean they they love the guy. He's a great, great kid. He's like a he's like a giant kid in a you know, in a grown man's body and and he's he's a big dude and, and uh you know, he if they have to play him I don't think that's any concern of anybody on the team, but you're right. It's just a numbers game right now, and he's just being a little bit outclassed by the guys in front of him. Tell us a little bit about Evan Fournier, the rookie. Yeah, he's a man. I tell you what, at the beginning of the year when they drafted him, and you talk to the coaching staff, and I'm like, you know, what's this kid going to be like? Because he doesn't, you know, he never played. And, you know, they would tell me, he's like, you know, we, we hate to compare him to Tony Parker because they're both from France. But he's an extremely intelligent basketball player. Been playing professionally in France, I believe, since the age of 14. So I know it's not the same, you know, quality as the NBA, but at the end of the day, it's a 14-year-old playing with big, muscular, hairy dudes over in France, you know? <laughs> so he, he, he's, been, he's been through the ringer a little bit, and he, he comes in a little bit seasoned. He's extremely confident. Both of his parents were world-class judo champions, so he comes huh. from an athletic family, and he's not afraid, you know. And, and he went to George earlier on in the year, and he's like, I know I was never a point guard in Europe, but I can play the point guard. I want the ball, you know, put the responsibility in my hands. It, it, he, he's not arrogant, but it's, he's confident, and he knows that he can play. And, and when, you know, Gallo went out and then Fareed went out, you know, here's the next guy in line, and so George kind of plugs him in, not knowing what he what he was going to get, and the guy just took over. I mean, he had a career-high 19 points the first game he really played, followed it up with 17 points the game after that. He's not the world's greatest defender, but he tries real hard. Uh, I mean, maybe not this year in the playoffs, but in years to come, that's going to be a really good pick for the Denver Nuggets. You brought up Fareed and his health. How is he doing? How is the manimal? It's a, it's a sprained ankle, and you know, and they're taking it day-to-day, and it's really hard to tell. So I can give you the company line on it's going to be day-to-day, but mm-hmm. I know this is talk radio, and that's not <laughs> what we're really here for. I, I guess in my opinion, my opinion only, I'm no doctor, uh, but I think he's iffy for game number one, Okay, but he will, he will for sure be ready by game number two. I told you what I thought when I saw the Denver Nuggets. What stood out to me? Three, only three home losses. Very athletic team. What jumped out at you and your concerns for the Nuggets when you look at this Warriors team? Well, I mean, Denver struggles against, you know, jump shooting teams. Right. I mean, they, you know, and that's the big thing. If you think of the best jump shooting teams in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors are in the conversation. I mean, and so, but, you know, I put a lot of faith in the coaching staff to try and figure that out. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the, the Nuggets want to take away the rim, and because of that, they give up like 1.4 more three-pointers in the NBA than the NBA average. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you play a team like the Golden State Warrior, Warriors, that's, that, that's a big concern. I mean, these guys can flat-out shoot. And, you know, the Nuggets have struggled against shooting teams this year. So that's the biggest concern for me is, is you know, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, all, all those guys that can shoot. And, you know, and I, I hope the coaching staff will find a way to figure that out. But, you know, I'm not chalking this up as a, as a round one win. I mean, I think this is going to be a pretty good battle between these two teams. You brought up the coaching staff, Mark Jackson, zero playoff coaching games, George Carl, 100 
and 79. George Carl, easily with uh, a ton of experience there. Yeah, and and he's, uh, you know, if he's learned anything over the years is is the staff that he's built around him. I mean, it's it's one head coach, but he lets his, unlike a lot of other head coaches in the NBA, he lets his assistant coaches have a head coach voice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, he, he wants opinions, and he, you know, even if they argue or whatever, every, everybody's got an opinion, and they're in coaches' meetings all the time, and you know, it's like like two brothers fighting. I mean, except for there's five of them, so uh, you know, I, I have I have so much faith in George, and and I know he wants to go deep into the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I can't I can't say anything negative about this coaching staff. I think they've done an unbelievable job this season, and then I, I hope that their experience would show up throughout the playoff run. Couple more questions, then we'll let you go. Again, we're on with Jason Kosmicki, voice of the Denver Nuggets. How's Ty Lawson's foot? He has the plantar fascia. He sat for a while, then he came back for I think one game, and then sat again. Is it just kind of one of those things he's going to have to finally deal with in the off season? Well, I mean, the, the way they tell me is that it was a tear, and that was a good thing because once you tear that thing, that's it. You you can't hurt it anymore. Okay. And then then you have swelling on it, so. What, what he was trying to do was wait until the pain goes away. And basically, it kind of just turns into a sore heel, you know. So, I mean, I think he's good to go. He's played over 30 minutes, you know, two games in a row. So, um, and it, it, if it's sore or not, it doesn't matter. He's going to play. I, I, I don't think that's going to be a factor for, for Denver at all at any point in the playoffs. I expect Lawson to be 100%. And finally, you have the headiness and the veteran leadership of an Andre Miller. I mean, that's that's quite a backup if he can't go. Yeah, you know, we call him we call him a lot of things on the radio broadcast in Denver. We call him rec leaguer because he kind of reminds you of a, a guy that you see at the rec league, mm-hmm. old man swag. You know, I mean, he <laughs> is for a large part of the season he was Denver's best player, and just his understanding of the game of basketball is unbelievable. He just. He's just such a great floor general, and, and the knowledge that he's passed down to Ty Lawson, it, it's amazing, R.C., because at the beginning of the year, if the Nuggets were up by five, like, say, 20 games into the year, sure. and Ty Lawson was running the show, <laughs> I, was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous. But if you put Andre Miller in there, you just had this kind of comforting feeling that you knew that you were going to close out that game and, and not lose it. You're going to go out and win it. And slowly that has transitioned. Lawson has actually learned how to do that. And it's a hard thing to learn. But, I mean, somebody, when Andre Miller is done, I know he's played with a lot of teams, has got to do something because this guy is, is one, of the, one of the better point guards of all time in the NBA. Now, I'm not saying top 10, but, you know, he's top 15 of all time. And he's not flashy and he's not outspoken, so he kind of flies under the radar. But he's one of my all-time favorites. I mean, that guy is just flat-out awesome. We know how the playoffs work. It slows down. I think we're going to see a lot of Ty and Andre together, just like the Warriors are going to have a lot of Steph Curry and Jared Jack together. Yeah, and you know what? And uh, and that's one of the reasons I kind of like this Golden State-Denver matchup is I know it slows down in the playoffs, but I'm not sure either one of these two teams want to slow down. So, <laughs> so hopefully that'll be fun. It'll be fan-friendly. <laughs> well, Jason, I appreciate your time. Game one is Saturday night in Denver. KNBR 10.50, 2 o'clock. Pacific time. Jason, thanks for your time. All right, RC, anytime, man. We'll see you soon.
That was R.C. Davis with Jason Kosmicki, the voice of the Denver Nuggets, Warriors and Nuggets Saturday, starting at 2 o'clock on KMBR 1050. The Warriors playoff ticket scavenger hunt is underway. Two Warriors playoff tickets will be given away each day for the next eight days, along with other Warriors prizes. Connect with the Warriors to ensure that you don't miss out on a chance to win. For information, go to warriors.com slash playoff tickets. I'm Tim Roy. I'll answer your questions on Twitter at WarriorsVox, WarriorsV. When we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. Our guest is Steph Curry. Let's do it, Warriors Box. All right, man. On Twitter, follow him. Good follow. <laughs> Thank you, Steph Curry. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now to answer your questions here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy, back with you. The playoff preview edition. Just, just sounds nice to say that, doesn't it? Answering your questions, Warriors VOX, and we have a lot of questions about this playoff matchup. In fact, the Town Hoops wants to know, who do you think will be the Warriors X-Factor for the series? Now, I may have a, a little bit different take on this than most. I think Harrison Barnes is going to be an X-Factor. I think if he is a consistent performer in this series, if he gives the Warriors something points, doesn't have to be anything dramatic, but uh, if you give him 10 points and a few rebounds a game and he's active and someone that the Nuggets have to account for on the uh, defensive side, then I think he is going to be a player that could help Golden State push over the top. I expect Steph Curry to have a good playoff series, but he will be getting a lot of attention from the Denver Nuggets. Look for Denver to try to get the ball out of Steph's hands at every occasion. I Page wants to know, do you think the Warriors will break out the uh, short sleeve jerseys for a playoff game? Uh, no. All right, moving on. Thanks for all your questions on Twitter, at WarriorsVox, WarriorsVox. And if you don't believe me that it's a good idea for you to uh, follow yours truly on Twitter and to find out more about the Warriors in the NBA, well, just take it from Steph Curry. Let's do it, WarriorsVox. Twitter, follow him. Good follow. <laughs> that was Steph last night in Portland. When I come back, I'll be joined once again by Tom Tolbert and Jim Barnett. We'll break down the rest of the Western Conference playoff picture and who will challenge Miami in the East on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR uh, 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. The Golden State Warriors have pulled off the biggest playoff upset in NBA history as they dispatch the 67 win Dallas Mavericks. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Warriors individual playoff tickets for the first of two home games will go on sale this Saturday, April 20th. Secure playoff tickets before the general public by taking part of the Warriors playoff ticket pre-sale. Sign up at warriors.com slash playoff tickets to get your exclusive pre-sale link and password. Or you can text playoffs to 53548. That's playoffs to 53548. Joined now once again by Tom Tobert and Jim Barnett, our respective analysts on Warriors Radio and Warriors TV. Let's break down the rest of the Western Conference playoff chase. It looks like this is a team that is set to go on a, on a run, that we might be able to do this year after year after year over the next five. Well, I think the pieces are there, and I think this is uh, the most balanced team they've had in quite some time. You'd love to see Andrew Bogut stay healthy, but they have a point guard a 6-7 off guard, a center, a power forward, an athletic wing, and a bench. You know, the We Believe year was fun. 
Uh, the crowd was crazy. The basketball they played was fun. It was frenetic. It was chaotic. But that was a team you looked at and said, the shelf life on this is maybe a couple years, and they never really had a chance to win a championship. This team, you look at the building blocks and you say, wow, they have a lot of pieces. They're young. They're going to grow. So I think this is a team you look at and try to project in the future how well they can be. But you know what? Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's fun to just have them in the playoffs again. And we'll break down the Denver series coming up in a little while. But right now, let's talk about the Western Conference playoffs. And let's start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they have a storyline now with Houston dropping to the eighth spot. Uh, James Harden goes in there. Tom, I'll lead off with you. Does that put extra pressure on Harden going back to Oklahoma City in the first round? I don't know. I think he's probably used to it by now, being the leader of that team, uh, trying to do a lot of the heavy lifting scoring-wise. I just I think it'll be an entertaining series. It'll be that along with the Warriors and Nuggets are going to be the two most entertaining series in the first round. I just think the way they play, they're just not good enough to beat the Thunder. The Thunder are just too deep for them, too good for them. It'll be fun. They may win a game in Houston, but I, I, I think after that it'll be too much Thunder. I think it's going to be an entertaining series, but it could be very well a four-game series. No. <laughs> Oklahoma City is that good. Yeah. They're, they're just too good. I mean, you, you go to the finals the year before, um, Houston just does not have enough. And Oklahoma City just keeps coming at you. They are relentless, and they are talented. Yeah, you start with Durant and Westbrook, but I think, guys, I think the most underrated player in the league is Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, he can play with any center in the league, and he can score better than most centers in the league. He's, his outside shot, he's made over 23s this year. Right. He's extended his shooting range. Uh, a few years ago, he wouldn't even shoot from, from beyond 12 feet. Great shot blocker, understands the game, has good hands. I love big men who have good hands and know how to play the game. Let's talk about San Antonio and the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Lakers come in, no Kobe. Uh, San Antonio's banged up, but Tom, do the, the Lakers have a chance in that series? Well, I, if they had Steve Nash, I would say maybe. But without Nash and without Kobe, I just don't know how far Blake and Meeks are going to get you. Now, Blake's had two really good games since Kobe's gone down against the Spurs and the Rockets. The chance they'll have is if every night Dwight Howard and Pau Gasol get you a combined 50 and 25. I mean, they're going to have to dominate inside. If Parker is healthy, he didn't play very good against the Lakers this past Sunday. If he's healthy, they're, they're too much for him. I mean, I think they are. But it will be intriguing because I don't know that they're going to be able to match up with Pau Gasol, who's been playing fantastic, and Dwight Howard, who put up monster numbers. I think it was like 26-17 and 17 against the Spurs on Sunday. If they do that, maybe they have a chance, but I still think the Spurs are too strong. Are Tim Duncan and Tiago Splitter better than Dwight Howard and Pau Gasol? No. I, I don't think so. They're not. Okay. Not now. now, Tony Parker, we know what he does. He's a great penetrator. That's where he really hurts people. He scores in the paint all the time on fast break layups. Can he do that against an inspired Dwight Howard and Pau Gasol? I'm not sure. I'm looking at this. It could be an upset. I'm, I'm going to take the Lakers in this series. Wow. Because I just think that you're not going to have to get all the scoring from the backcourt of Blake and Meeks and whomever they put back there. If they defend Tony Parker... I think Gasol and Howard, the way they've been playing late in this season and now without Kobe, they have free reign to go. So I, I, I think that's an upset in the making. I'm going to politely disagree with you because I don't think they can defend Tony Parker. I okay. don't think their guard line can do that. The 4-5 series, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, two guys on the same block. They've seen each other before, Jim, and, and uh, it's going to get a little nasty between Memphis and the L.A. Clippers. But I think the Clippers, they, they dominated in the regular season 3-1. Three, three to one. 
and uh, with Chris Paul, they've got the front line with Gasol, Randolph, to compete with the front line of the Clippers, but the backcourt can't complete, compete with Chris Paul. He's, he's the X factor, and he's going to be the difference maker. This one, to me, is about pace. If they play the full 94 feet, and then the Clippers are allowed to get out and run and throw their lobs and get going, it's their series. If Memphis can grind them down and hold it into the 80s and low 90s, I think they have a really good shot at winning this one. I mean, Memphis is really good defensively. They run their offense. They're like an old-school NBA team in that they truly go inside out. They run everything through Gasol and Randolph. And if those guys are able to dictate the tempo, I think Memphis takes this. In fact, I will pick Memphis. I think Memphis will win this series. Here's a question I have about Memphis. They traded Rudy Gay. Like him or not like him. But to me, he was the guy that you could always go to with a game on the line for the Grizzlies. Who takes that last shot now? Either one of you guys. I would run it through Gasol. I mean, I, because he's a guy that can score for you. Now, he's not an elite scorer on the block, but he will make the right decision. Like, he's good enough. If you don't double-team him, he can score down there and get to the free-throw line. And that's something that they have an advantage over just about every team. Both their big guys shoot 80% plus from the free-throw line. Most teams don't have that. But he's also a very good passer. And if guys spot up and get open, he can find cutters and he can find shooters. So while you may not give the ball to Gay because he is gone, I still think Gasol is a very good option for them. And if they don't slow it down and they run a lot, they have a player named Darrell Arthur, Arthur who is really, really good. Mm -hmm. right. He's big. He's fast, and I've always been intrigued because in all these series, it just takes one player that you don't think about right. who has a couple of big games, and he changes the series. And he could be one of those players that does that. Hits a big shot to win a game for him. Uh, th that's just something that you should keep in the back of your mind. But I'm still going to go with the Clippers. All right, it's Jim Barnett along with Tom Tolbert. I'm Tim Roy. Now we uh, send our attention to the Eastern Conference, or as we like to call it, the Miami Heat Invitational. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like the Heat Classic. You know, they invite three teams they know they can beat, and then they, move, they crown themselves champion. But, and that, to me, that's the way I look at it. I mean, Jim, is there a team that can come out of the East and challenge Miami? I believe the Eastern Conference Finals will come down to Miami and Indiana. Uh, if New York wins their first round series and Indiana wins theirs, those two teams will play. I believe Indiana can prevail over New York. Um, Miami's going to prevail over anyone, and when it gets down to the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think Indiana's going to be an exception. Uh, Paul George can play. Uh, they've got a big man up front. Mm -hmm. and Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. And Indiana it can compete, but I don't think they can beat Miami, because LeBron will not let you lose. How important time is it for Indiana to keep Lance Stevenson from making any kind of gesture at LeBron as he did last year? <laughs> I, would just, off the I would just say, just let him go about his business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's already fully engaged and motivated yeah. in every single game. I, I think the Knicks have an outside chance. I really do. They're not as good. I don't think they're as good defensively as Indiana. But what they have is a player in Carmelo Anthony that could win a game for you, maybe two the way he's been playing. I mean, he can go out there and get you 40 points. Now, it's still a long shot. Miami is so good offensively and so good defensively, and LeBron is just hes above everyone else. I mean, Kevin Durant has had a fantastic year. LeBron's still the MVP, clearly, in my mind. So it's going to take something special to happen. And I think to have that, you need a player capable of providing you a couple special games. And I think Carmelo would be that player, although I'm still taking the heat in the East. So after all that, you should be ready for the Western Conference playoffs and the NBA playoffs 2013. My thanks to Tom Tober and Jim Barnett. I'll come back and we will check the schedule 
for the first round series against the Denver Nuggets. When we wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable right here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. He gets it to Mullen. Three-point country. He dribbles. He stops. He shoots over Magic from 21 and hits another one. Mullen, the greatest outside shooting exhibition I've seen in years, maybe ever. Maybe ever. We'll now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. The Warriors playoff ticket scavenger hunt is underway. Two Warrior playoff tickets will be given away each day for the next eight days along with other Warrior prizes. Connect with the Warriors to ensure that you don't miss out on a chance to win. For information, go to warriors.com slash playoff tickets. Game one is Saturday in Denver. Uh, 2 o'clock is our airtime on KMBR 1050. Game two is Tuesday night in Denver. Again on KMBR 1050, 7 o'clock is the airtime. And then it's back home to Oracle, the first playoff game in Oakland since 2007. Warriors and the Nuggets on Friday night. 7 o'clock is the airtime on KMBR 1050. And then Sunday, April 28th, we'll switch over to our flagship station, KMBR 680, 6 o'clock the airtime. Again, KMBR 680 on Game 4, Warriors and the Nuggets. And again, that's at Oracle on April 28th. Game 5, if necessary, April 30th is in Denver on Tuesday. Game 6 will be Thursday, May the 2nd, back at Oracle. And Game 7 will be Saturday, May the 4th in Denver to wrap up the first round playoff series. I, Tim Roy, we are ready for the 2013 playoffs. The Warriors are back in the postseason and hopefully starting a run of numerous postseason appearances. But first up, the Denver Nuggets. And we go to Denver Saturday, 2 o'clock is the airtime. Warriors and the Nuggets on KMBR 1050. Thanking all my guests, Tom Tolbert and Jim Barnett. Thanking R.C. Davis and Jason Kosmicki, the voice of the Denver Nuggets. I, Tim Roy, this show has been produced by R.C. Davis, Dave Feldhouse at the controls, Ray Woodson taking your calls and the comments right here on KMBR 680 and ask him what he thinks will be the big X factor in the Warriors' first-round matchup with the Denver. Again, at 808 KMBR. I'm Tim Roy. The next time you'll hear from me, playoff basketball Saturday in Denver on KMBR 1050. Saying good night for the Warriors' weekly roundtable. Golden State Warriors playoff basketball. Vigent high post, hand off to Barron, left side, right by Williams, into traffic, dunks it over, hero, Lisa, and a foul. And it was Savage with a right hand. Message delivered. For tickets, go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.